Radio Drone. Thursday nights are usually a waste of time, and this Thursday night is going to be the biggest waste of time ever. I'm Josh Hadley. With me is Brad the Voice Jones. Indeed it is. As well as Alex the true Marquis de Swayjowski. The one and only. The the authentic. Part of my night of wasting time. I've got to waste enough time until 6.30 in the morning when i got to catch a train. I'm, I'm going to guess a couple of Brian Trenchard Smith movies and maybe a classic Seagal flick. Nah, I'm, uh, I actually just started watching Breaking Bad. Oh, okay, fair <laughs> enough. Not, nothing like a week or two after it ends to start watching it. I, I watched the first two episodes. It didn't do anything for me. I don't think it's a bad show. Not at all. I just uh-huh. couldn't get into it, so I never went past the first two episodes. Uh, it turns out this isn't a 1980s Stephen Bochco show. I'm not into this. Hey, come on. <laughs> Stephen Bochco was in his zone then, okay? <laughs> but before we get into that, Brad, you also could have ordered something from AdamandEve.com to be watching tonight while you're killing time. All you would have had to do is use the promo code DROME, and you would have gotten 50% off. You would have gotten free U.S. shipping, three free DVDs to waste time with, and even a free mystery gift. And who knows if that would have gone on you or in you. I'm going to start flaking skin if I'm killing five hours doing that. Tonight's episode was your idea. It was something we'd toyed with, and you and I have brought up on the show. We're revisiting. Times. We're revisiting Sullivan and Son. No, we're not. That's never going to happen. So shut up. <laughs> Brad Mitchell made, made us watch the first season now. <laughs> he bought. He bought us all the DVD sets. Se- season two is coming up. Maybe it's gotten better. I doubt it. Thankfully, Sullivan and Son is not part of the Tommy Westfall universe from St. Elsewhere, which is what we're going to be talking about tonight. Not sure we can get a whole episode out of it, but we're going to try. Well, if that were the case, Tommy Westfall would be losing his creative edge. (laughs) (laughs) The only reason it's not is because nobody wants to cross over with that piece of crap. I'd rather cross over with Bunheads or Wedding Band than Sullivan and Son. So we should first explain what the Tommy Westfall universe theory is. Tommy Westfall was played by Chad Allen on the 1982 to 1987 TV series St. Elsewhere. And in the final episode of St. Elsewhere, it's revealed all of St. Elsewhere and all of the MTM shows by definition, and then all the other shows that have touched them mm-hmm. all took place inside Tommy Westfall's mind as an autistic child. And, and then so therefore, with all the other shows that get tangentially crossed over with the other shows that were directly part of Tommy Westfall's mind, Almost the entire TV landscape takes place inside an autistic child's mind, doesn't it, Brad? At least, like, what is it, 200-some shows? 292, my last count. At least, yeah, like 292 shows. And before going any further, I should probably say that I actually really like the St. Elsewhere finale. <laughs> I loved it. Alex didn't. It's certainly out of left field, because who in the, in the sense that who in the hell is going to predict that that happens? It's not necessarily completely out of left field for what they would do would what they would do on that show. 
because that show had some seriously pretty quirky moments anyway. Hell, right before the ending where it's showing Tommy Westfall looking into a snow globe, there's Howie Mandel leaving the hospital, and he says something like, it's not over till the fat lady sings, and it pans over, and there's a fat opera singer, like, singing. Which is much more subtle than the way Cop Rock did that same joke. Yeah, yeah, yeah. As Cop subtle, Rock's as was... Subtle as, as subtle as that joke could possibly be. Right. Yes, but Cop Rock actually had singing, so a fat lady singing didn't look out of place at all. Yeah, but even that wasn't necessarily completely and utterly out of place on St. Elsewhere. I mean, there would be some... St. Elsewhere was bizarre, man. Yeah, St. Elsewhere got bizarre. I mean, it wasn't... It, not that it was like Scrubs or anything like that, where it was just slapstick. But, but St. Elsewhere I, was, was unpredictable. And yeah. you really were not sure how most how these storylines were going to end up. Yeah, yeah. St. Elsewhere had like a had a more subtle quirkiness to it than necessarily something like Scrubs, but it was definitely a lot more than just a straightforward doctor show like like something like ER. I mean, you had uh, what wasn't there one that ended with a guy sitting in purgatory? Actually, they had a whole episode. It was when Howie Mandel as Wayne Fiscus he got shot. And they had a whole episode where he was in purgatory, tr- basically yeah. fighting as because they were operating on him. He, uh-huh. he wasn't dying, but and he was trying to fight for his life out of purgatory. So so the whole thing ending in the mind of an autistic kid when his dad's standing there just go just going like, I don't understand this whole autism thing. Dr. Auschlander, one of the yeah. heart surgeons who's now a construction worker and always has been. Yeah, yeah. It, it's to me. To me, it's not insanely out of character for that show. As out of left field as it is, again, only in the sense that who is going to predict that it's going to end like that? It was to me, it wasn't that uncharacteristic from what some other stuff had happened on that show. But what do you think about like people who have like alternate theories of what that ending meant? That like there's some that say like, oh, it's not that he's looking in the snow globe. And it was all in his mind. Maybe it's that that last shot, Tommy Westfall in the last shot before the snow globe part, is actually envisioning his life as that final scene and not the other way around. Yeah, that rather instead of the entire series being a dream sequence, just that last scene is. And see, I think that would have become more clear if NBC had let Tom Fontana do what he wanted. Initially, it was going to be a little less subtle because uh-huh. he's, he's holding the snow globe that's, you know, the, it's snowing when Fiscus leaves the hospital and the fat lady's singing. And it's a snow globe with St. Allegis, St. Yeah. Elsewhere, inside it and the snowing. And then eventually he was going to put that snow globe on top of the TV. And there was also going to be a snow globe with a newsroom, Mary Tyler Moore, a high school the White Shadow, a police station, Hill Street huh. Blues, a bar, Cheers, and so on. All the MTM shows, making it much more obvious that all of these are in Tommy's mind. NBC As, did not want that to happen. I can understand that. I, I can understand that. As, as kind of funny as that is, that is pretty... Well, first of all, I think it's pretty clear that their intention there is that it's in his head. I mean, his dad is saying stuff like... Like, you know, I wonder what he thinks about all day looking at that glow. You know, it, to me, it's pretty obvious that it the, that the entire series is supposed to be in his head. I can understand them not wanting to do that with other 
to come out and just especially do that with because other Cheers shows. and a couple of those other. I mean, Cheers and then and that was the only one that was still on the air, so that would have really mucked up Cheers then too directly. Yeah, yeah, and and if if I'm a writer on one of those other shows, I would be kind of upset by that. I'd be like, no, that's not how I. No, my show does not take place in Tommy Westfall's head. So as though I can understand him really not wanting to do that because if personally if again yeah if I w- worked on one of the other shows and they did that I would I would kind of I would kind of be a little miffed if I didn't if I didn't necessarily like that like that ending but then there's also there's also theories too in that like well okay he did envision he did envision the show but just because he's envisioning this in his head doesn't necessarily mean that these characters don't exist in in real life and and i would say that i don't agree with because of explicit crossovers cheers and saint elsewhere had multiple crossovers with one another they were both on nbc both on thursday nights and cheers was on right after saint elsewhere Uh so they had a specific you know crossover episode where at the end of the saint saint elsewhere episode they all stopped in for a drink at cheers and the last five minutes were with carla and norm and sam and all that and then the uh-huh. beginning of the Cheers episode that came di- that aired directly after was all the Saint Elsewhere people paying their bar tabs and whatnot and leaving. All and the then, Saint all the Saint Elsewhere people, including including Auschlander. Yeah. Editor's note: Brad Jones and Josh Hadley are both morons. We don't mean Doctor Auschlander. We mean obviously Doctor Westfall. That would be Tommy Westfall's dad, not Doctor Auschlander, who played the grandfather in the final scene. We are morons. So if you've already commented on this to correct us, if you waited just another second, you would have heard us correct us. And, and okay, then because that's that's the key right there. Auschlander is honestly the key right there as to whether or not you can be like, well, maybe these characters do exist in real life. He's just kind of envisioned them in, in their own situation. But out, but with Auschlander in the mix there, that yeah, that implies that that implies that that's in his head because in in the reality, Auschlander is a construction worker, not exactly. a doctor. And then later in Cheers, there were two separate references to St. Allegis. Carla had one of her kids there, and she said it was the worst birthing experience she ever had. I remember she mm-hmm. had, what, 20 kids or something like that? Yeah. So one of them was born at St. Elsewhere, and another time when, when a patron had a heart attack, that he was being rushed to St. Allegis. Cheers kept referencing... St. Allegis, even after St. Elsewhere was off the air, which meant a deliberate, this is a connected continuity. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is that without Auschlander there as the doctor, without him there, you could easily make the argument that, like, well, this could easily be outside of, this could easily be, like, just these characters, and they're not necessarily in Tommy Westfall's head, because you could conceivably say that that ca- that characters like you know Ed Bagley Jr. Denzel all these people exist still exist in the universe of Saint Elsewhere's ending scene. It's just he's envisioning them. It's just he's envisioning them doing doing stuff that he's imagining in his own head. But Auschlander being there, that's what that's what makes it be like okay, well he's not a, he's a doctor there. He's not a construction worker, so that means that this is in Tommy Westfall's head. Well, I do like to go with the theory that Brad was positing just a second ago that yeah there are real people in existence that yeah you know because you'll have dreams of real people doesn't mean that those people don't exist because they existed in your dream 
so I think a good portion of the Tommy Westfall universe could be just that. Those are real people. Well, see, the ones I want to the, the ones I want to discount right away. I mean, the Tommy Westfall universe itself does not count parodies. So the well, should, the have, we, have we really have we really explain? Okay, and we've explained basically what the, the the entire grid is that you can find this online. You can find an entire grid that links all of these that links all of these shows, and it's like a bizarre looking like almost almost six degrees of Kevin Bacon with TV series with Saint Elsewhere at the center. Yeah, and, and, and homicide well, life on the Saint street. Saint Elsewhere Crossing was homicide life in the yeah, street. Yeah, because homicide life on the street is the big one that yeah. that that really allows them to spider web out into other avenues. But mm-hmm. before we get to that, I want to point out the ones I think the people who made this grid are really stretching because uh-huh. they're they're including things that were clearly meant to be in jokes and in jokes only, such as like how the aliens and Buckaroo Banzai movie universes are part of Tommy Westfall's mind. We talked about how Frasier has crossed over with St. Elsewhere multiple times. Yeah. Or Cheers has crossed over with St. Elsewhere multiple times. Frasier is a spinoff of Cheers. Frasier had a crossover with the John Larroquette show. Yeah, and with with Wings. Well, and with Cheers cheers with Wings with Frasier and Lilith uh, at the airport. But the John Larroquette show is the key here. One of mm. the stocks that John Larroquette constantly buys on that show is Yo-Yo Dine. Yo-Yo oh. Dine is the evil corporation from Buckaroo Banzai. And it was only meant as an in-joke. And Yo-Yo Dine is also a subsidiary in the Aliens universe of Wayland yutani Wayland yutani oh. was a one in-joke reference client of Wolfram and Hart, the evil lawyers on Angel, so people claim that's how Angel and Buffy are part of the Tommy Westfall universe, and I'm thinking, no, those were clearly meant to be in jokes, not references. Yeah, it, yeah. When you start getting into like products and brand names, then it, then you could conceivably say like, well, okay, just because I, it's like what Alex mentioned earlier, I can dream in my, I can dream of a product or a brand name, it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist in real life. Exactly. So I'm thinking like the alien stuff and even how Buffy and Angel are pulled into this are are tenuous at best. And then you have more overt ones like how Star Trek is pulled into this, which is one I actually thought was brilliant and somewhat subtle. So okay, Knight Rider had a crossover with St. Elsewhere. Because Dr. Craig, the actor that played Dr. Craig, was also the voice of Kit, it was really yeah. meant as more of an in-joke, but David Hasselhoff had an uncredited cameo as a car accident victim, and they said it was a really nice car. Get uh-huh. Knight from Knight Rider. Knight Rider had the spinoff Team Knight Rider. Team Knight Rider had a crossover with Star Trek. Do you remember Nomad from classic Star Trek, that big tubular-looking robot that got yeah. beamed up and took over the crew? Yeah, yeah. They specifically mentioned Nomad's creator as Dr. Raynovic or something like mm-hmm. that from the 1990s before the Third World War. A Team Knight Rider episode has the character Dr. Whatever building Nomad. They See, there specific, you go. They specifically linked those as, as a reference, so Star mm-hmm. Trek is Star Trek and all of its spinoffs are Tommy Westfall. And therein, and therein lies the difference between something like that and something that's strictly an in-joke, because that's, that's specifically saying that this character made Nomad. It, it 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 isn't it isn't like oh he's got an a, he's got a, a an enterprise poster on his wall so that means it links in with star trek which which also brings up another disqualifier that i have is 
the, the show in question is a fictional program on the other show, that doesn't bring the other show. Like how Yes, Dear is brought into this. Mm-hmm. Because in an episode of Yes, Dear, they go to the taping of an episode of JAG. And so yeah. they're calling that a crossover. And I'm going, no, that means JAG is a fictional program in Yes, Dear's universe. It's So that's not a crossover. Yeah, yeah, that's that that's two shows that are existing in entirely different universes. There was the same deal with there was a CSI crossover with like two and a half men, but it was like it was all in jokey rather. It was than yeah, it was in jokey. It was like Charlie and like John Cryer were like playing themselves or something like that. Like I can't I can't remember, but it wasn't it wasn't that both both series exist in their own it exist in the same universe. It was like one is a show and the other is, is what is it, the other is what is happening. Saying that episode of South Park where they try to get Family Guy off the air would oh that's a crossover. Yeah, no, that's exactly. not a cross, like it exists as a TV show in <laughs> exactly, South Park, yeah. you know. And and I'm with Josh too on parody, like definitely like in in uh, the Simpsons okay, X Files. Simpsons the one. exactly the Simpsons X Files. That's that's a parody. That's not. That's not canon with. That's not canon with the X Files. That's the X Files is part of Tommy Westfall, though. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Because of John Munch. Because you've got Saint Elsewhere had two explicit crossovers with Homicide: Life on the Street, mm-hmm. including Ed Bagley Jr. in the in the follow-up TV movie playing Doctor Ehrlich. That because of Homicide: Life on the Street, Richard Belzer's character of John Munch moving to. Law and Order Special Victims Unit, and he'd already crossed over on Law and Order three times before that, and he's been on yeah. every single Law and Order show. Well, Richard Belzer also appeared as Detective John Munch in the Unusual Suspects episode of The X-Files, so that pulls The X-Files into that. And the only time I can think of where a reality show gets pulled in, The X-Files did a crossover with Cops, so that makes Cops part of Tommy Westfall's head. The weird, to me, one of the one of the ones that just makes like your that just makes like your head almost just collapse in and of itself but the bob newhart show and newhart <laughs> yes because newhart didn't technically exist then because uh-huh. it pulled a saint elsewhere yeah and so it's like so tommy west so tommy westfall is envisioning bob newhart going to sleep at night and then having a near ten-year dream about running an inn in Vermont. Damn, this kid is a genius. <laughs> well, autism can do that. Eighties <laughs> autism. When you had, <laughs> yes. when you had, when you had characters literally say, "I don't understand this autism thing." Yeah. Now, do you do you think that like this is like? Do you consider that this be like legit? Like, no, this is all of these shows. They all take place in this kid's head. This is freaking real. Or do you think that this is just a fun thing to talk about? I think it's more of a fun thing I, to yeah, talk about. Yeah, I think it's about. a fun thing to talk about with the exception of Cheers and the and the Homicide stuff because those were intentionally engineered to be what they were. And Homicide definitely because that was executive produced and most episodes written by Tom Fontana, the yeah, guy I who made it's... the who wrote the St. Elsewhere ending. So I you think, think it's more of the the Fontana verse rather than the Tommy Westfall Fontana verse? Yeah. So if so, so you think yes when it's something that directly that directly has something to do with Tom with uh, Tom Fontana or characters from Saint Elsewhere directly 
appear in another show. Right. But, but then you then it begs the question about John Munch because he's definitely that, a Tom Fontana character. So does how does that pull the Law and Orders or even the weirder ones? such as HBO's The Wire or Arrested yeah. Development, because Munch appeared on both of those, or Richard Belzer appeared on both of those as Detective John Munch. This kid is this kid is envisioning some very adult matters here. Like, exactly. Like, no need to give the sex talk to this kid. Apparently, he knows, he knows more about the human body than I do. Are really unclear whether they were meant to be crossovers or in jokes, such as how Parker Lewis can't lose is connected to married with children. Because David Faustino appeared on Parker Lewis can't lose as a character named Bud. They never called him Bundy, and he mentioned that he's at the wrong high school. This isn't Polk High, and it was just a quick little one-minute cameo. So was that meant to be a Bud Bundy crossover, or was that just an in joke because they both had the same production company? Well, I mean, if he's literally in there as the character... They, they call him Bud, that. and he mentions Poke High, so yeah, I'm so inclined that, that, to go, yeah? Yeah, yeah, So of course. I mean, that, that happens all the time. You see a character from one show cameo in another show. You know, hell, like, hell, uh, Helen Hunt from Mad About You, you know, popped up on an episode of Friends. Well, Phoebe so, and her twin sister. Yeah, I was, I was going to say, so did uh, What's-Her-Face's the, the, the waitress that they ran into all the time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I remember she popped up on... I, did, I never watched Friends, but I watched Mad About You, and I remember her popping up on that. Because that, that character started out on Mad About You, and then when she went on to Friends, Lisa Kudrow did, and they and they thought it would be pretty funny if they actually made those two characters, Phoebe and the waitress from Mad About You, twin sisters. So they did. Like, the waitress from Mad About You showed up on Friends a few times playing Phoebe's twin sister. And there was one episode when Helen Hunt and uh, her sister on the show came walking into uh, the Central Perk and saw Phoebe and thought that it was Ursula, her sister. Well, th no, well and that, that also, because of the crossovers with Law & Order, pulls the CSIs into the Tommy Westfall universe because CSI New York had a crossover with Cold Case, which had a crossover... Or, um, and the CSIs crossed over with Without a Trace, so that pulls them in, and then In Plain Sight had a crossover with Law & Order Criminal Intent, so that's pulled in. And then you've even got the ones like, how about this one then? Boston Public, which is both a TV show and characters. Yeah. Boston Public crossed over with The Practice. The characters had a full-blown crossover, but then the next season of The Practice, a person's alibi was, I was at home watching Boston Public on Fox. Mm -hmm. So it's both uh. a TV show and they crossed over with the characters. So how the hell does that one work then? Well, that's just a paradox right there. How about this? Where is St. Elsewhere? Boston. Do you think this construction worker with an autistic kid travels much? So this kid could is able to envision basically he could, he could the entire world. He could read a lot. But to that insane amount of detail to envision these entire stories there. He's well, autistic. hell, he envisioned <laughs> he envisioned all of these characters giving medical jargon and highly sexual situations insane elsewhere. And so, in, including, remember, Doctor White is the rapist subplot. Yeah, that was yeah, some dark shit, Brad. He's envisioning rape. <laughs> and AIDS. Mark Harmon was the first character on TV to ever contract AIDS. Well, then Law and Order Special Victims Unit is child's play. <laughs> yeah, really. Exactly. Yeah, this is nothing, you know. Some days he's thinking about wholesome television, you know, like you know, 
And other days, uh, Hill Street Blues. Oz. Male prison rape. Mm-hmm. Because Oz has, has had three direct crossovers with St. Elsewhere. Yeah. It, also with Homicide Life on the Street. So that absolutely takes place. And then because of the X-Files, the X-Files had a crossover with Picket Fences. Picket Fences had a crossover with Chicago Hope. Chicago Hope had a crossover with Early Edition. Do you see how this keeps spider webbing out and out and out? And then you've got weird ones like NYPD Blue that had an actual crossover with the Drew Carey show. But then the Drew Carey show had a crossover with Looney Tunes. So how does that work? So basically, like, where do you stop then? Where do you, where do you, because you said like you really only consider it when it has, when it actually has to do with Tom Fontana or if it actually has to do with, characters who are directly from St. Elsewhere appearing on, you know, say, Cheers. Where do you stop then? Because, you know, with Homicide and Munch and then Law and Order, where do you stop? Do you stop at Law and Order? Do you not consider Law and Order to be part of the Tommy West to to, to really be in in canon with St. Elsewhere? I would say because of John Munch, the Law and Orders are, and all the ones that directly cross over with homicide or saint elsewhere do like Mm. chicago hope they had a crossover with homicide life on the street so Uh chicago hope is and they had a crossover with saint elsewhere as well and you know the ones that go direct that are not just in jokes like picket fences and chicago hope had a direct crossover and munch was on the x-files and picket fences had a crossover with the x-files so to me that solidifies the x-files and picket fences being in there because it's kind of been hit on both ends does that make sense so basically, you don't you don't stop. I, I do stop, but I I stop once you get to like the third degree of connection. Okay, I see. I got you. I got you. I you know I think it's one of those deals where it's it, it's fun to talk about, and if you want to believe it, it's a fun thing to believe. It's a fun thing to believe that this ending, this final three minute scene, has given new endings to like two hundred shows. Almost that, 300. Almost and, 300. Almost 300. And therein, and therein, honestly, is why I can't say that that's a bad finale. That's a finale that, one, is surprising, and two, totally throws out of whack all these shows, some of them that don't even exist yet. Well, then you also have the fact that on Law & Order, Michael Bloomberg played the mayor of New York City, and he really is the mayor of New York City. So that would put the entire real world into Tommy Westfall's head. Nah, he not was just he was just watching the news that night. Yeah, not necessarily because like because Michael Bloomberg could still exist in real life. Michael Bloomberg because yeah, he could envision Michael Okay, let's say he envisions Michael Bloomberg popping up, you know, insane elsewhere or something like that. That doesn't mean Michael Bloomberg and the real life don't exist. That just means he's maybe envisioning this real guy in his world. Then what about what about this then? What about when one of the sub shows that was directly connected to Saint Elsewhere has an apocalyptic ending like Lou Grant was supposed uh-huh. to? They actually had the episode, but CBS refused to air it last, so they aired it in the middle of the f- final season. But they were all supposed to be destroyed in World War Three. The whole epi- the whole episode has got Russia getting ready to launch nukes. And then they're watching the news coverage of it, and you hear an explosion and all the lights go down. That was supposed to be Lou Grant's finale that America just got nuked. 
Well, we can. You know what? We could just say that Tommy Westfall may have a really good imagination, but is terrible with continuity. Fair enough. So, <laughs> so he's basically. Oh, so, cut him a break. He's autistic, and he's <laughs> so like ten years so, old. So he should be really good at it then. <laughs> oh, you're gonna get crap over that one. It's a compliment. He's just ten. He's not at Rain Man level autism yet. Okay, so he's just really good at Super Mario Brothers three then. They they were really reaching to to get some of these things in here like the all in the family verse which is a huge universe in and of itself on the family jefferson's uh hauser street 704 hauser archie bunker's place gloria maud good times hanging in soap and benson as well as not the er you're you know most people are going to think of but the the 80s Clooney one yeah the 80s one but then, how far do you extend that? Like, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air had an explicit crossover with the Jeffersons, so... And with uh, Different Strokes. And with Different Strokes, which had a crossover with Silver Spoons and the Facts of Life. So, are all those part of the Bunkerverse, then? Or even, there let's is, just, let's yeah, just take yeah. the Bunkerverse. They're, do all they're those take place? The, of course, yeah. I mean, if, we, if we're sitting here and we're saying that all of these characters are in the Tommy Westfall universe because of... Five degrees, six degrees, or whatever. Then yeah, you can feasibly. Then why? Then why couldn't you say that about Archie Bunker? You know, why couldn't you say that about All in the Family? Because they're linking in the same way that all these other shows are linking to saying elsewhere. Which is some of the ones I'm calling crap on, like Oceanic Airlines, the yeah. airline from Lost. That same fictional airline was also used in Alias, JAG, NCIS, Diagnosis, Murder, and Touched by an Angel. I think that's tenuous. I think Oceanic Airlines is just one of those go-tos for writers. I don't think that was meant to be the same airline. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of like saying that everything links into each other because all their phone numbers start with 555. I think that when you start getting into, like I said earlier, I think that when you start getting into products, whether they're real or fictitious, then there's argument that like, okay, so the same fictitious product exists in this universe as well. It doesn't mean that they're necessarily in the same universe. It's just that they have the same products so that they don't have to pay a real product to use their item. You've got this, you've got the same thing with like Oz and homicide and law and order they all have the same fictional kids show that they watch yeah but they had other connections too like did you watch oz at all yeah i did yeah remember when after dr nathan got raped and she uh quit they they had they had a new company come in and start handling all the medical needs for oswald state penitentiary and they're doing it really badly Mm -hmm. the weigert corporation that's the same corporation that bought saint elsewhere in its last two seasons and they the, one of their former one of their former assets they mentioned was Saint Allegis in Boston. So to me, that's a definite, and that's a Tom Fontana show too. That was a definite. I'm linking these. Yeah, that that's uber freaking specific right there. That's specifically mentioning some. Yeah, that's that's a direct. That's where you can make the difference between products that like well, okay, well that's just like it just happens to have the same name it's it could still exist outside they could still exist in their own separate universes but that's a very specific item right there okay like if you see uh okay like yeah if you see like the ghostbusters building and some other thing that's directly linking those two because that's incredibly freaking specific 
but no, but uh, but normally I I think you know you need a little bit more than just kind of a fictitious product you've cre- created. Like okay, look at look at like the Tarantino universe that has like Big Kahuna Burger, Red Apple cigarettes, and stuff like that. But there's more than that that links a lot of those movies. But see, a fictional product is only how some of these are brought in. Like how Malcolm in the Middle is connected to the X-Files is only through a fictional product, Morley Cigarettes, which mm-hmm. is the same fictional brand that the cigarette smoking man used. So that's how they're trying to claim Malcolm in the Middle is in the Tommy Westfall verse. And I'm going, no, no, that one I'm not giving you. Yeah, no, I'm not. I'm kind of drawing the line at that. I'm kind of drawing the line at that one, too, because, again... That I think was uh, just an in joke because they were both Fox shows. And that and th- yeah, and that might not even be something that's specific just to the to the say elsewhere that Tommy Westfall envisioned. That same product could easily exist in his real world with his construction father dad. Yeah, and then you could to go back to something earlier that Brad brought up. You could work this backwards with Newhart was a dream that took place within the Bob Newhart show, according to the ending. So therefore, everything that connects to Newhart, that you would connect that all the way back to St. Elsewhere, that it all takes place in Bob Newhart's head, that this no, autistic no, no, kid. No, 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 because St. Elsewhere had a crossover with the original Bob Newhart show, the one that still existed at the end of that show. Alex actually brings up a good point. Um, but was Tommy the... Westfall in that episode? No, obviously not. <laughs> but, but, but I mean, that's, that's interesting in that were, were there any big crossovers on Newhart? Well, according to this chart, you've got Coach. Okay. Which yeah, the, spawned the, a, a plenty, a world of its own. Yeah, well, <laughs> which, which brings up the other question. What about when it's just meant to be one-time crossovers and that's it? Like, I, I can't think of all the sitcoms, but I remember I was working in an ABC station at the time when ABC had their Las Vegas night where, like, uh-huh. Ellen, Coach, and, you know, all the, all the shows that yeah. were on all went to Las Vegas and the characters met each other on the casino floor. So mm-hmm. does that link their continuities or was, because to me that was just a one note publicity thing, really? Yeah, but, but aren't most crossovers, <laughs> a lot of crossovers are just gimmicky publicity stunts, quite honestly. So if it's the actual, if it's the actual character there and it's not parody and it's not parody, like, Mulder and Scully popping up on The Simpsons or Saturday Night Live and stuff like that. If it, if the characters are actually there within the same continuity of the show, then yeah, you can say that it that it links. Yeah, if you start like dis if you start discounting that, you, then you're just kind of cherry picking things. Okay, it, it turns out looking at this, it was Drew Carey, Coach Ellen, and two girls and a guy in a pizza place. That could also, I mean, it could, that could be explained in the same way that you could, that like, you know, there's alternate theories to the ending to St. Elsewhere in that like, well, maybe those shows just exist and in the Bob Newhart universe and he's dreaming of these other characters just happening to, <laughs> to be in Newhart. But see, the, the one I want to be in there, are, what we've been talking about would throw them out would be the Hill Street Blues universe. Because uh-huh. they didn't go with the explicit police station snow globe, they're only connected via Drew Carey, which is connected via Coach, which is connected via Newhart, which is connected by, via Bob Newhart. Because Drew Carey had a crossover with NYPD Blue, who shared a character in common with Hill Street Blues, who yeah. had the spin off Beverly Hills Bunts, but then 
Hill Street Blues had a crossover with Cop Rock, as well as L.A. Law, which had a crossover with Civil Wars. And then NYPD Blue had that spinoff, Public Morals. So all of those don't exist if we throw Drew Carey out. What do you mean if you throw Drew Carey out? Because Drew Carey is what connects all the Stephen Bochco shows. Yeah, but why would you the- throw Drew why would you throw Drew Carey out? Because Drew Carey had a crossover with Coach, which had a crossover with Newhart, which, according to Alex's theory, never happened, so that never actually touched St. Elsewhere. Unless of Tommy Westfall, has Brad said, just imagined this guy dreaming for years yeah, that's, not running that's what, in. If you're gonna, exactly. If you're going to link all these shows, then that's a very complex explanation, <laughs> but it's it's the explanation that links all that links them all like, okay, he envisioned Bob Newhart having a giant, intricate freaking dream <laughs> about about running an inn with a wife who wears a lot of sweaters. <laughs> and, and and see, you, you've also got the other ones that are, again, brought in for relative in-jokes. Do you remember that, that short-lived D.B. Sweeney Fox series, Strange Luck? Yes. It was just a one-line reference that he that his former college roommate was a guy named Spooky Mulder. Mm-hmm. That was it. And that's how that connects to the X-Files. And mm-hmm. that crossed over with Erie, Indiana. So that's mm-hmm. how Erie, Indiana's pulled in. And I'm going, that's really more of just an in-joke than it was a reference reference. Uh, yeah, I don't know. But he's he's literally saying that he knew a Spooky Mulder in college. Like, unle- like unless it's like meant as a joke or something, the character is genuinely saying that. Like, Fox is the only Mulder that was ever spooky. Yeah, but that's... You know what they're doing on there. Yeah. They're they're trying to link both shows. Like, it's not coincidence that he said the name Mulder. Well, but but then you've got the ones, and this is why you wanted to do this, Brad. I believe you put it was, you really want to piss some people off with... uh, but by showing them how Doctor Who doesn't exist. No, I don't want to piss anyone. I don't. No, no, I didn't say I wanted to do it to, to literally just piss anybody off, just to get a bunch of people commenting on it. <laughs> but but yeah, according to the chart, yeah, Doctor Who Doctor is Who. Doctor yeah. Who through Buffy and Angel, which, as I said, it was only meant Red. to be an in joke, which Red then Dwarf. was an in joke to Red Dwarf, which was an in joke to Space 1999 which mm-hmm. had an in-joke to Doctor Who, so then therefore Doctor Who and Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy is all connected through this. Even yeah. though Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy mentioning Doctor Who is just clearly has an in-joke. Douglas Adams worked on both shows. Well, he wrote Hitchhiker's Guide and I never saw the uh, miniseries from the 80s, so maybe that was a little more explicit. And so he really... was also the head writer of Doctor Who for a season back in the the late 70s yeah so it does so it does so it doesn't matter how doctor who ends because it doesn't matter Tommy, it just doesn't matter Westfall's head. yeah doesn't matter <laughs> it's not real and, and now i have to ask the question who took all the time to chart all this out and find all these and it, it, to me, this begs the question, do you have too much time on your hands or are you an autistic child desperately no. trying to prove you're real? Thanks I would stuff. not be surprised if it was Josh Hadley who made this grid. Who made this chart? Have you seen the other? There's more like there's the grid. There's the grid for it that Josh put its fa- on it on his Facebook. That's kind of the main grid that you usually see when you when you come across when you come across it even which though which is the one I'm consulting right now actually yeah it's the one that I'm consulting too even though it's even though honestly it's not the easiest freaking grid to read 
Angel is touching the John Larroquette show, but I don't know if that's because they just ran out of room here. No, 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 no. That's because of the Yo-Yo Dine reference I mentioned earlier. Okay, okay. Because Yo-Yo Dine is a subsidiary of Wayland Utani, and this chart claims Wayland Utani is connected to Angel. Because I look, because I looked that up, I was like, "What the hell is the link from Angel and the John Larroquette show?" And I couldn't find anything. So I was kind of like, am I just reading this damn grid wrong? But then there's another one that looks like it's – there's another grid for this that you can find that looks like it's written on, like, notebook paper with a pencil where it's got, like, one show written down, it's circled, and a line connecting another show that's circled, three lines going out connecting others. Like, it looks like something you'd see in, like, a beautiful mind or something. Really, if you're going to put together a grid like this, time is really mostly what you need because, I mean, like, you know, thanks to something like IMDb, you can you can feasibly put a grid a grid like this together. You just need a lot of freaking free time. Well, the site that Josh directed me to that has the grid that we're working off of now, they also have a 30-page PDF file of text that explains every single connection. Oh, wow. Yeah. And it's 30 pages. Dude, like... The Tommy Westfall theory stuff is fun. It's really, it, it is really, really fun to talk about, and it's interesting, and that, and goes along with me saying I think it's a genius finale because all these years later we have freaking grids connecting all these. We're still shows talking about. We're it. still talking about this. Like, I'm sorry, screw any site that says that that's one of the worst finales ever. It's really not. But even though, even though, yeah, it, it's very fun to talk about and kind of theorize and kind of pick like, okay, what what does like really link and what can easily kind of be explained even with that being said life's too damn short for me to read a 32 page pdf document on it well okay (laughs) i I have to ask you then with these kind of endings because a lot of sites do list the saint elsewhere finale as one of the worst and they also include all the other shows that pull the same kind of thing roseanne newhart and even though it wasn't a series finale when dallas did the whole it's all a dream thing I think the St. Elsewhere finale worked while those other ones didn't because of how it was done. Do you think that this whole all took place inside a character's mind thing is flawed inherently or it really matters to execution? Of course it matters to execution. That that proves Cuz to me Roseanne did it terribly. Yeah, I mean that that of course it of course it matters in execution because that proves it right there that you have some like new heart that did it incredibly well and very clever and funny. And then you have ones that are just like a kick in the balls and you just roll your eyes and that just seem like they were made just because they knew they screwed up and wanted to write it off as like, oh, it was just a book she was writing and Dan's dead. I'm sorry, Roseanne is among the worst. Another one that a lot of people list is a very short-lived series that I thought was a great finale because they weren't hiding it from you and that was the American version of Life on Mars. They were not hiding from you that this was a goddamn simulation. There were so many clues in the thing, and yet people were like, oh, oh, that came out of nowhere. No, it didn't, if you paid attention. Yeah, I mean, there's. it's like anything. It's like a fart joke. It's like a pie to the face, you know? Sometimes it can be done bad, and then other times, you know, blazing saddles fart joke hilarious uh the great race pie fight hilarious then you know something else will be like groan inducing because it doesn't because it doesn't either provide like it doesn't either provide like enough context or it doesn't fit well or it's just kind of out of nowhere and everything as long as it's executed right as long as it's executed right you can 
you, you can get away with most things. It's just all about how smart it is and how, how you want to write it. New Heart was funny, was really, really funny. Also, I don't think, too, that then it had quite the negative stigma that stuff like that has now. It's certainly more of a cliche now than it was then. I mean, you know, you'll you'll have stuff where maybe people like didn't didn't like it and and, and whatever. But nowadays, like, even if you try execute executing something like that well, it's very much a cliche to do in your finale. It, it's very much not many people are really going to gravitate towards it nowadays if you try doing something like that. But you know, you can say the same thing. You can say the same thing about. Um, Really, in most kinds of TV finales, like, oh, this finale ends with them moving to a different city. I haven't seen that 50 times. Well, I think the execution is a huge part of it, and it works with Sane Elsewhere. And it's significant enough to where anybody that does it now, it's cliched, and it yeah, it coined the term Snow Globe. It's yeah. also coined the term the Sane Elsewhere ending. Whatever they do it, I, I always hear, oh, they pulled the Saint elsewhere. I usually, yeah. whenever there, whenever there's an, it was all a dream thing. I hear they pulled a new heart. But the thing with the, the difference between like something like New Heart and something like Roseanne is that New Heart very much did it tongue in cheek. It did. It very much had a sense of humor about itself. It realized the absurdity of the situation that oh, he had this elaborate like ten year dream. And then he wakes up and kind of describes it a little bit. And then Suzanne Plachette gets, like, jealous about, like, his blonde wife with the sweaters and everything. And then when it does the executive producer credit, it's, like, the same font from the, from the Bob Newhart show. That was, that's very tongue-in-cheek. That's very, it's, it, it, it's very aware of the joke, you know? Like, Roseanne was trying to be genuine with that. And I know when Lost was on, a lot of people on forums and discussion and whatnot, Roy's like, oh, they're going to pull a snow globe. This is going to be a snow globe and it's going to piss me off. Yeah, I think that no matter... N- nowadays, I think you're af- the, nowadays you're afraid of that ending. The Yeah, nowadays, because because it's kind of a cliche nowadays. It's, 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 been done, it's been done before and I don't think you're going to do... You're not going to do it... You're not going to do it funnier than New Heart and you're not going to do it to the point where you're gonna get grids and stuff like that and people talking about it like saying elsewhere did. they even they even try it in move in movies for bullshit twists like repo men oh god i was okay with that movie until the twist i was too I that was twist too. tainted the whole movie for me i it, it did the same thing to me too uh quite honestly I think that in terms of loss, no matter what i think the writers were aware that no matter what they did people were gonna be upset <laughs> speaking of tom fontana how that St. Elsewhere ending has sort of tainted all of his future shows. When Oz was coming to the finale, he actually played with us. One of the characters started talking about how all of you were in my head and all that, and it turned out the character was just fucking crazy. Uh-huh. And we thought uh, yeah. that Oz was going to end with a St. Elsewhere ending. And right. in a in a kind of way, Homicide did. When G got shot, he goes to heaven and meets all the dead, every dead character from the series yeah. and, and, and whatnot. So it kind of St. Elsewhere, but not really. Yeah. So I, mean, I think yeah. Tom Fontana knew by that point, I can't get away with this shit anymore. Sure. And, and if you want to, if you want to make a series that 
<laughs> isn't going to tie itself in with the Tommy Westfall universe, then just don't have a crossover with any of these shows. <laughs> Which leads me to my other question. Do you think a lot of these shows, e- even in the back of their minds when they were writing it, or even during production, if it was a last-minute ad, even thought about this? Or, or did they just say... Wouldn't it be funny if John Larroquette bought stock in Yo-Yo Dine because the same company, you know, the same production company made Buckaroo Banzai? Do you uh, think they even thought of all this interconnectivity, or was it just a reference? No, I think I think a case like that is just a reference. I don't think they were like, oh, that's going to make us show number 173 in the Tommy Westfall universe. Well, there's one interesting show that they have on here, and they pull a lot of connections from it, and that's Hi, Honey, I'm Home, which was 13 episodes that were on Nick at Night. I remember that show. (laughs) Yeah, the show was... No, no, that's not the Hitler one, Brad. No, (laughs) I know. I know. Hi, Honey. I know Hi, Honey, I'm Home. I watched it when it was first on. Yeah, I watched it when it was first on, too, and the show was specifically a parody-esque nod to classic television yeah it had a magic remote control and it was specifically catered to pay tribute to other shows so it would have the character on not as an actual crossover but as a nod to the show oh no they were on this show tommy westfall universe it's all tommy westfall yeah Yeah, and somehow that pulls the monsters and the brady's and Leave it to Beaver and Batman. Th- th- then that begs the question about the Batman for the comics, since it pulled the Batman TV show in. Nah, yeah, nah. If it, it links, if it links to, uh, I like, see what you did there. Nah, nah. If it, <laughs> no. If it links to Hi, Honey, I'm Home like that, then whenever those characters were kind of popping up on there, I never took it as like that puts it in continuity with these other things. It was just <laughs> sort of like just direct kind of homage so to speak not that they're in the same almost parody but before we go tonight i have to mention this in the tommy westville universe jean-claude van damme is dead because crossing jordan had a crossover with saint elsewhere crossing jordan had numerous crossovers with las vegas the tv show in las vegas jean-claude van damme played himself in an episode and he got killed and that's so that not means the... Jean-Claude Van Damme is dead in the entire Tommy Westfall verse. And that's not the only appearance that Jean- Jean-Claude Van Damme makes in the universe, too, because he was on an episode of Friends by him as himself. But that was before the Las Vegas episode, so that still works. Oh, yeah, I'm not saying it doesn't work. I'm just saying it's it's not the only time Van Damme makes an appearance. I'm just, like, saying, I, I'm just I think it's funny that you have to, when talking about the Westfall universe, Van Damme is a deceased actor in this. Uh-huh. Van Damme left us at a very young age. <laughs> but then again, there was also, which they don't have on the grid, but they mention why they don't. There was a crossover with Sesame Street on Law and Order SVU. <laughs> yes. So yes, that would that include yes. Sesame Street is the Tommy Westfall universe. <laughs> <laughs> that means Katy Perry and Michael with Jackson. their tits and Elmo would is in Tommy Westfall's head. Tommy Westfall's prude. On that note, we got to wrap it up. And, and hey, Brad, technically, mm. you've referenced the Tommy Westfall style universe in your 200th episode. Apparently, I exist inside your head, and I was the Radiodrome host. So, <laughs> or, or, so do is Radiodrome a figment of Craig Golightly's imagination? 
man, if you try to put together like snob continuity, it'll be a grid sort of like the one we're looking at now. <laughs> <laughs> Although I should, I should di- try to directly tie in like the Westfall universe into like '80s Dan to make it part of the Tommy Westfall universe. <laughs> so, all right, since we since we have to go and we don't really exist because we're all on the head of an autistic child, where can we find, where can we find Brad Jones? Uh, TheCinemaSnob.com. Where can we find Alex is not really here, Jowski? At geekjuicemedia.com. And then whether or not 1201beyond.com exists, I don't know, and you might be able to contact contact us at 1201beyond at gmail.com. I don't even <laughs> Tommy know. Tommy Westfall's going to erase it from his memory because he's a huge Joss Whedon fan. <laughs>
is a 1201 Beyond production. Visit 1201beyond.com for more great shows.